The Press Pass on WKXL is presented by the Prescription Center, where the health of you and your family comes first. Check out either of their two locations, one at the Concord Hospital Campus, the other 125 North Main Street. The Prescription Center will also deliver your prescriptions to you free of charge. That's the Prescription Center, where the health of you and your family comes first. This is the Press Pass with Chris Ryan. This is where you hear unique conversations with the best athletes, coaches, and general managers in sports. I think you appreciate each and every one. Uh, each and every one is special in their own way. And I play with two guys that uh, they were on top of their game on a nightly basis, and people get spoiled. You know, they they saw Manny, they saw David, so they they start taking people for granted. Uh, opportunity for me. I know I need to help my team now, so you know, the better I play, the better it'll be for us. I think it's uh, one of the most important things is focus and consistency. The Patriots look to start anew in the postseason after dropping three of four to end the regular season, and the Bills want to be the supreme team in the AFC East. I am Chris Ryan, a lot of the line, not to mention the Super Bowl championship as the Bills and Patriots play at 8-15 in Buffalo. It's going to be cold. Temperature 8 degrees, and the wind chill well below that. The Patriots and Bills certainly know each other well. It's the third time they have met in six weeks. We'll hear from Bill Belichick. We'll hear from the head coach of the Buffalo Bills, Sean McDermott, Mac Jones, Devin McCourty, a lot more Patriots players as well, including offensive coordinator Josh McDaniels. We get you set for this one. Certainly key for the Patriots to be getting off to a better start. They have fallen behind in those three losses they've had over the last four weeks. They need to get off to a good start, be ready, be engaged, be set to go right when the game starts. Certainly that's a focus. Buffalo is a team that may have an edge in regard to talent, but the Patriots, they're a good team, and they got Bill Belichick. Hey, Bill, how are you? Hi, Chris. Um, wanted to ask you about you know how you try to put your players in a position to maximize you know the opportunity of now, and obviously this is something you've done a lot through the years. What do you think are the, the keys to making sure that the players kind of understand the significance of this, but also don't look at it outside of the context of what they're used to in regard to playing a football game? Uh, I think this is what we try to do every every week, every day, make, make the most each day. Um, try to you know, pay attention to the details and make sure we understand them, work hard try to put ourselves in the best position to succeed. It's, I don't think it's any different than anything we talked about on any other day that we've come in here, practice or game. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. Here's Patriots quarterback, Mac Jones. Hey, Mac, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I want to ask you a question about the emotions in, in big games. Like, are you a guy that wants to kind of stay – even with that, or do you want to, you know, feel the energy of a national championship game or a playoff game and kind of rise to that type of a level from an emotional standpoint in kind of like you're talking about before and playing, you know, fast or within yourself? Yeah, I think um, like football is obviously an emotional game, but at the end of the day, it's more of an execution game. Um, and you just have to go out there depending on your position. And some guys like to get real hyped up and stuff. And some guys don't, so it's just kind of whatever you – you just got to be you. And, um, you know, for different people, it's a different things. Like a defense alignment might get hyped up a different way than I do, for example. But um, I think it is important to get into that flow where you feel really comfortable. And 
whether it's a championship game or whatever it may be, just it doesn't really matter. You just got to do what you got to do. Also talk to the Patriots offensive coordinator, Josh McDaniels. Hey, Josh, how are you? Good, Chris. How are you doing? Awesome. Um, when preparing, you know, a game plan, what is the balance that you need to find between kind of dictating what you want to do and, you know, reacting to what you may see from, from the opposition, dictation versus reaction? Like, how do you kind of find that, that line when you're putting you know, together a game plan? Well, you always, um, you know, you want to try to uh, put together the best plan you can for the, the players you, that are going to be available for you against the scheme you're going to see. Um, understanding you don't ever know exactly what they're going to do on defense. You have a good idea, but you won't ever uh, be able to, you know, guarantee that. <clears throat> so, um, you know, you want to try to uh, put together, um, you know, the best thoughts you can that uh, give you an opportunity to try to be aggressive. And and I don't necessarily use the word dictate because, you know, like I said, they always get a say. You know, the defense gets a say in what happens too. So we, we can try to do whatever it is we want to do. There's always something that they might be able to do on defense that, that could take that away. Um, and then we have to react accordingly. So no matter what we do, we have to be able to re uh, react, follow our rules and respond to the look uh, that the defense gives us, whether it's a blitz, a coverage, a different front adjustment, uh, whatever that might be. That's why there's so much communication that happens pre-snap in the game of football, because um, regardless of what you thought you were going to get, the other team, you know, could there's so many variables that could change. And that's why we spend so much time talking about, you know, our rules and, and communicating and talking with one another so that we're able to work together on every play once the ball snap. <clears throat> And what stood out to you about the diversity of your running attack um, and the types of you know, different things that Damian, Ramondre, and, and Brandon bring, and how significant do you feel that'll be on Saturday? Well, we always try to, um, you know, we, we, we have a fairly broad, you know, foundation of runs that, we're, um, that we start back in the spring and, um, you know, try to get um, <clears throat> good at multiple things so that we're not uh, just one dimensional in terms of, you know, being a zone run team or a gap run team or a toss team or whatever. Uh, we try to be able to uh, function in a lot of different areas of the running game and different teams require you to do different things in the scheme um, to try to have success based on the way they play, whether they're a penetrating front or a two gap front or, you know, they play a three, four, two linebackers on the line of scrimmage. Uh, whatever it might be, uh, and you have to be able to change gears pretty quickly in this league or else, you know, somebody can really kind of checkmate you. So, um, you know, we've tried to do the best we can week to week. It's not always perfect. We certainly make mistakes, uh, but our running game, I think, for the most part, has been fairly effective, um, and we know at this time of the year, you know, it doesn't matter what the weather is, doesn't matter who the opponent is, you know, being able to run the football being able to stop the run, you know, being able to cover kicks. Um, this is a team goal in terms of our overall toughness and physicality uh, is an important part of winning at this time of the year. So, um, you know, we're hard at work right now trying to put together the best plan we can. And uh, hopefully we have a, a good week of practice and preparation so we can go out there and, and play fast and aggressive on Saturday night. <clears throat> Thanks. Appreciate it. You got it, Chris. Thank you. Here's the head coach of the Buffalo Bills, Sean McDermott. Hey, coach. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Um, you were talking a little bit earlier about your coaching against Belichick and how the Patriots prepare and the type of adjustments they can make. And I'm curious, 
you know, how far in the weeds do you go in trying to anticipate what they're going to do versus trying to you know, dictate what, what you want to do? Um, and how do you kind of find that line without giving away, you know, trade secrets? Yeah, it's really hard because, uh, you know, they've been together so long with Coach Belichick and Josh uh, and some of their uh, staff that's been there for quite some time, Matt Patricia now again. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's really hard to try and, you know, anticipate where they're going next and, and, and their next move. And, you know, Belichick has talked in the past about, you know, how he'll do whatever the game dictates. And that could be lining up five wide. It could be running the ball, except passing three times like he did the first time against you guys. How difficult does it make that in terms of the, the preparation? And does it lend a coach to want to dictate more than react? Um, yeah, it's a, I think it's got to be a healthy balance. Um, preparing your football team fundamentally uh, and discipline-wise, and then, and then um, trying to prepare your football team for what the opponent does and, and then, you know, where the opponent might go next. And like I said, they just, they've been together so long that they just have so many things at their disposal. Just a question on Josh Allen too, over the last six games, um, I thought his performance against the Patriots and Buffalo, the win was exceptional. Um, has he taken another step forward in terms of being a superstar in the NFL, say over the last six games of the season? Well, I think Josh continues to grow. Um, just like everyone else on our football team tries to grow every, every day. That's what we try and do here. Um, that's really, really, I, I appreciate that about Josh and how he, he approaches his work every day. Thanks coach. Sure. Let's go to the defensive side of the football right now. And for the Patriots, I think your know, physicality is obviously a key on both sides of the ball, but I do think that there is an edge for both defenses in this game in that they have a feel for what the opposition is doing. And there's certainly schematically changes that will be made by both teams. But, you know, there's a way that a player runs, the way a player pushes off, there's a way that they go for the ball if you're a wide receiver. Uh, there's a way they're gonna, you're going to run the football if you're running back. And you, you get a feel for that when you play someone that you just don't see on you know, video. And I think that that's an advantage for both of these defenses going into this game. Plus, the weather is going to be a huge factor as well. I talked with Devin McCourty about that. Hey, Dev, how are you? Good, how are you doing? Good. Um, there's a lot of discussion about physicality uh, and these two teams and, and two is more physical in each of the two matchups. And I'm curious from your perspective, how important is the physicality in a game like this? And is that something that you guys you know, feel a need to, to establish early, et cetera? Yeah, I mean, it's the playoffs. It's win or go home. I think both teams are going to come out there playing physical, playing playing hard, trying to kind of take over the game, especially up front. You know, we always talk about that on both sides of the ball, offensively and defensively. Teams are going to trying to control the line of scrimmage, so it's going to be a battle. You know, they're going to they're going to have that same mindset. You know, on offense and defense, we're going to have that mindset, and it'll be a battle of wills. And you know, I think both of the games that. Um, that we've played, you know, it's come down to a couple of plays here and there um, that have decided the game, uh, no matter, you know, what the starts were for either team. You know, I think both teams showed the ability to come back. You know, we jump out in front of them Monday night in Buffalo. They come back and, you know, it's, you know, a few plays in the red area. Our game, they make a fourth down conversion on fourth and two. That really is a big play in the game. So it it's, it's going to be that type of game and it's going to be a game that, 
we got to be prepared to play 60 minutes because if we get up, they're going to come. Uh, they're going to keep coming. If, if they get up, we're going to keep coming. So uh, it's going to be a battle of wills, you know, I think all night. Here's JC Jackson. Hey, JC, hope all is well with you. Um, on Stefan Diggs, you know, having played him twice in a short time period and having seen him obviously you know, a lot over the years, is that advantage you in that, you know, you know pretty much everything he can do at this point? Is that a cornerback's advantage? I mean, yeah, I would say, yeah, it is a, a little bit. I mean, but you still got to go into the game. You got to go into the game with the same, like, you got to go into the game with a dog mentality. I mean, each game is a little bit different. I mean, I, I know I played them twice this year, but I still got to be, I got to be aware. And, and know what to expect. And how how tough is Josh Allen in that not only does he move around a lot in the pocket and you know, escape pressure, but he can make some pretty insane throws to cross field and has that arm strength. What does that mean for you knowing that he could make pretty much any play at any point in time? I mean, you just, you just can't fall asleep, man. You can't blink your eye. Like, you got to always – I mean, this guy – like I said, he's he got a very strong arm. I mean, he he can scramble outside the pocket, throw the ball, throw the ball on the, on the other side of the field. He could do it all, really. You know what I'm saying? It's like playing football in the backyard. Now, Adrian Phillips. Hey, Pete. Um, for the defense, do you feel there's an advantage in how many times you've seen you know Buffalo kind of relative proximity here, and that obviously you see things on film, but playing against an offensive player and getting that kind of feel for what they're going to do uh, routinely during a game. Is that, is that advantage Buffalo defense and New England defense going to this game? I mean, we, we both know each other well, and, and this will be our third meeting this year, but we always play each other two times a year. So you definitely know the opponents and you definitely know the type of tendencies that they like, but every time we play them, it's something different. I mean, they're, they got a great OC over there who calls a great game and, as you can see, our first game didn't go anything like our second game. And if you look at the tapes last year, those probably didn't go hand in hand either. So um, that, that's what makes the, their offense tough is that they're always switching it up. And then you have a game breaker like Josh Allen with the weapons that he has. It, it's just it makes it super difficult. And how do you prepare for the cold? Is that just. Is it just a mental thing? What is the uh, the focus in regard to yeah, that? Yeah, you either got it or you don't with that. I mean, it is what it is. Like, at practice, uh, you do what you can to try to stay warm because we don't have the heaters out there and stuff. But when it comes to game time, it's, it is what it is. Some people wear sleeves. Some people try to bundle up. I don't generally wear sleeves, you know, but we'll see how it is. But it is what it is when it comes to that. Yeah, eight degrees is a different beast when it comes to the sleeves. Right. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah. Patriots certainly have two very talented wide receivers that we've seen be their predominant receivers this year in Jacoby Myers and Kendrick Bourne. Let's hear first from Jacoby. Hey, Jacoby. Um, hope all is well with you. Just wanted to get your your feel on your expectations for your first you know, playoff game and you know who perhaps you've talked about it with, um, trying to you know, gauge what it may be like in terms of trying to anticipate it. And you're just kind of your general feelings on what this is going to mean. Um, we got some guys in the room, you know, who've gone pretty far in the playoffs. We got a Super Bowl winner, KB. They've been to the Super Bowl or, or previous places. So we got guys with playoff experience, and we just 
trying to lean on them, you know. And then at the same time, our coaches do a great job of preparing us for the moment and keeping us ready for whatever comes our way. So, like I said, you just combine that, the playoff experience in the room, and our coaches doing a great job. I think we'll be ready. And what are some of the biggest areas that you feel you've evolved this year where it seems like you've made a number of different types of catches in games we didn't see as much last year, whether it's on the sideline, whether it's, you know, uh, in traffic on a slant. Um, where do you feel like you've evolved the most as a receiver this season? Um, I would say being able to play for longer, you know. I think last year, my first year, I probably had a good couple plays in me. And then, like, they're just my – level in my ability would just diminish as the drives will go on. The longer the drive, the worse I'll play. So this year, I think I did a better job of just being ready for the moment at all times. It didn't matter if it was play eight, play 10, play one, honestly, just going out there and being able to put my best performance forward. Just to follow on, on playing physical, um, as a receiver, how do you go about trying to do that? Obviously, you're a really good blocker. Is Is that the area or is it more, you know, how you bounce back from when the opposition tries to impose their will on you? Um, it's definitely a mindset thing when it comes to things like being physical and blocking because they might get you once, you know what I mean? Or they might even get you twice, but are you going to be able to sustain it the whole game? That's kind of my mindset with it, just going out there and being able to do it over and over and over again, you know, because it's easy the first time and it might be easy the second time, but once it's sustainable, I feel like you really figured it out. Thanks, Kobe. No problem. Now, KB. Hey, KB, how are you? Yes, I'm blessed. How you doing? Awesome. Um, yeah, Jacoby mentioned yesterday that he, you know, was relying on you and, and Nelson to kind of let him know what playoff football was going to be about. And I was wondering, you know, what you told him and how do you go about trying to you know, maximize the opportunity of now where you want to make those big plays? You don't want to press. You want to try to do too much. Yeah, no, I kind of say the same thing. I, I definitely told him uh, just be relaxed, bro. Just be yourself. Like, like I said before, when we trying to come out here just because it's the playoffs and try to do more than what we need to do. Um, it just, 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 that's just not how we practice. That's not what we do. So I just told him, be yourself, be calm, you know, and treat it just like another game. Like that's, that's all I really said. And uh, what was your second part of the question? Now, how do you go about maximizing, you know, the opportunity of now where this is a time where you want to have your yeah. best game, but you don't want to try to, to press to make, to get those extra yards and maybe turn the ball over things yeah, like that. That's a great point. No, yeah. Just being calm, I think, man. And, and playing the game as as it is, as it comes to you, you know, not trying to force the game to you, talking to Mac, throw me the ball, whatever it may be, just playing the game, letting the game flow how it flows. If the run game's going, let's go through that. If it's a pass game, go through that. Just let the game flow to you how it goes and not try to do anything extra. Like you said, trying to stay up when you got five people on you, then, you know, just playing smart, going down, knowing when the journey's over, stuff like that. And just playing smart is, is the biggest thing as long as we can. We'll go back to Bill Belichick now for a discussion about the role that physicality plays in playoff football and also how there's been an evolution from big, huge, strong guys in the defensive line, linebacker position, and how there's been more of a focus on speed and quickness. Hey, Bill, how are you? Uh, good, Chris. I want to ask you about the role that you think you know, physicality plays in winning playoff football. And certainly you've had teams you know, that were extremely physical, and you think of you know the NFL film stuff and – it's a lot. Of, it's a lot of physical type of stuff. Is that one of the biggest keys to having success, in dominating in, in the physical aspects of the game? It's definitely a part of it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think at this time of year, there's well, really every game, but there there are a lot of things that go into 
I don't think you can just say one, you know, one thing is that's all there is. There's there's a lot of offense, defense, special teams, the running game, the passing game, situational football, you know, turnovers, penalties, field position, you know, key plays. Um, I mean, you know, there's tackling, fundamentals, so forth. It, anything could make a difference. And, and, and everything will make a difference. So it's really a combination of everything. But, you know, all, all those things that I mentioned and, you know, the physical, physical part of it, like, they're, they're all important. So you try to find, a, you know, the, the blend of best combination of all those things you can. And that's, that's what everybody's trying to do and you know, certainly what we're trying to do. You spoke at length a couple of weeks ago about you know, offensive linemen and how finding guys who are a you know, big, talented offensive lineman is, is challenging at this point. Have you noticed that in other areas of the game as well, where there's been, you know, perhaps an adaption to having smaller, you know, faster players? Has that been a forced adoption or has it been more, you know, of something that um, is just a necessity? Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure you'd have to talk to other teams about why they do what they do and so forth. But yeah, I think certainly at the, you know, the linebacker position on the edge and, and inside, you know, you see relatively speaking, um, you know, smaller, faster players um, compared to, you know, five, 10, 15, 20 years ago where you had, you know, bigger, bigger, stronger, more physical players, you know, defensive ends were true defensive ends, which there are still, you know, plenty of those guys, but, you know, there's other teams that Carolina that, you know, have smaller, faster, explosive guys out there, linebackers that go anywhere now from, you know, 210, 215 to, you know, 235. And then you have some bigger guys out there, you know, like the high towers and guys like that. So, you know, but there's still plenty of big defensive ends too, you know, the Cam Jordans and guys like that. It's I would just say there was a time when they were kind of seemed like they were all like that, and that's not really. I don't think that's the case anymore. Thanks, appreciate it. Yep. Next, next question, Phil Well, with the Boston Bruins, who are red hot after being shut down for a couple of weeks because of COVID. They've won seven of eight. They've averaged over four goals per game during that time period. Talk with Bruins head coach Bruce Cassidy about that. Hey, Butchie, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Um, during the break, you mentioned the fact that uh, your guys were still, you know, a little bit behind where Tampa's at. Do you feel like after watching the team over the last, you know, six seven games that you guys have have closed that gap, or do you need to see, you know, a little bit more? Well, we need more. We need consistently to play at a high level. I think at the start of the year we had our moments. I don't think we were maybe as bad as. Um, or as far off as some people thought. Obviously, expectations are high, and we weren't meeting ours. I'm not going to sugarcoat that, but we also knew we were working our way through some different things. And uh, now we came out the other side, and we we look more like what we want to. Um, things are going well right now, so that you know, like I said, we're not going to score at this pace uh, continually. Um, but if we can at least get closer to it, then then that'll help us a lot. Because I think our defensive identity has been there for a long time. Kept us in some games earlier in the year when we didn't get scoring, and and now um, you know we're we're getting the result at the other end. So 
Uh, as for getting close to the other teams, we've seen Tampa twice. I thought we outplayed them both times. So that's a positive, those two particular games. But again, you may catch a team at a certain time. I think the first game, you know, Kucherov wasn't even playing. They had a few other guys out of their lineup. Point, I'm not sure, was in. Um, so sometimes there's a little bit of that. Were they going through COVID uh, the last time in there? Some of the guys just returned. But at the end of the day, that that's a small sample size. We played very well against them. Florida early in the year. Um, good game here at home up there. We couldn't keep up for 60. So that was our problem start of the year, you know, it was the full 60. So, um, you know, the more you'll see those better teams, the better we'll be able to, you know, sort of look at the measuring stick uh, analogies. Right now we're just happy we're, we're playing our game and, and uh, you know, inching towards those, those teams that we felt we'd be competing with throughout the year. Maybe it took a little, a little longer than we'd hoped, but we're, we're getting there. Um, and hopefully we continue to, to push and, and be right alongside them. <clears throat> that is Bruins head coach Bruce Cassie. Bees in action at 1 p.m. against Nashville inside the TD Garden. Celtics have been playing much better as of late, as of Ohio. That'll be more on the show next week. I am Chris Ryan. Thanks for joining us for the Press Pass. This is the Press Pass. I am Chris Ryan. Patriots and Bills. Saturday night is the Patriots back in the postseason. They've dropped three of four, though, going into this contest. Most recently, a disappointing setback to the Miami Dolphins. But that's the Patriots' hope is in the rearview mirror. Here is Patriots head coach Bill Belichick. What's your thoughts on facing Buffalo uh, here for a third time? What are the challenges in facing a team three times uh, in a season? Good team, obviously. You know, third seed in the division in the uh, conference. So, you know, we know they're a good team, and um, you know, they certainly played well in the last game we had against them. So, yeah, we got a lot to get ready for. And you know, three out of the last four games, you've talked about execution as being you know problematic. Obviously, the one game execution was almost perfect. But is that you know, concerning late in the season? Do you feel that's you know, correctable when um, the team is struggling in that area this late? Yeah, we do enough good things to be competitive. We just need to be more consistent. <laughs> also talked with Patriots linebacker Kyle Van Noy. Hey, Kyle. Um, you were kind of alluding to this before, but do you feel that at, at times there's too, an over-focus kind of on the opposition and not at times enough focus on, you know, being yourselves and kind of dictating terms versus reacting to terms in playoffs. Do you feel like that's where this team needs to be? Yeah, I think we have a very talented team and we got to play our style of play. And uh, what better way to do that than this week in the playoffs? Uh, zero, zero, like I just said a, a moment ago and, we get an opportunity to go up in Buffalo and play a really good team, and um, we're one and one. So uh, this is for a chance to get to work another week in the season. So uh, we got to put all put it all on the line and prepare uh, like it's our last week and put everything on the table and empty the tank. From a, a mental and execution standpoint, what in your view separates guys that have success in the postseason from guys that that don't because at times you know there'll be some people you maybe haven't heard of before that'll have huge games and then guys who have big names that, that don't so what what separates guys that perform well from guys that, that don't in your view uh, 
That's a good question. I don't know. Everyone is different. Some people have a bad day that day. Some people have a really good day and eat their Wheaties. Uh, but honestly, I'm just focused on playing a, uh, a really competitive game and a really good team in the Buffalo Bills. They're going to be ready to go. Is Patriots center David Andrews. Three games against an, the same opponent in this type of a, a time period. What are the the pros and the cons to uh, having we're playing a team three times in this condensed a time period? Yeah, um, you know, obviously we're both really familiar with each other. Uh, they're a really good team. Um, obviously, I have a lot of really good players on both sides of the ball. Um, do a lot of things well. Um, you know, so it'll be a big challenge. Um, I'm sure they'll have a little new stuff and we'll have a little new stuff. So, I mean, you know, none of the last three, you know, really matter to some extent. And really the only thing that matters is Saturday at eight o'clock. And just, is there anything different, you know, from a player's perspective to, you know, playoff football in terms of either trying to capitalize on or kind of maintain, you know, the, the emotions of, of that type of an atmosphere? Well, look, you got to be at your best. It's a one-week season every week. Um, you know, you don't really get anything for trying hard. It's really the only thing you get rewarded for is execution and um, winning. So, you know, it, it's, it's you know, each week you empty the tank and try to be at your best come, you know, whenever your game is. And that's what we'll try to do this week. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Trent Brown is a fun guy to watch. Dude, six foot eight, probably about 400 pounds. And when he gets going forward, you better get out of the way. Here is uh, Trent Brown. Also talked with... Hey, Trent, how are you? I'm doing all right. How about you? Good. Um, how do you go about dictating terms as an offensive line and the physical side of things with, with Buffalo without you know crossing the line? Obviously, you, you and, and David Andrews got some you know, ticky-tack penalties, I call them, in the, uh, the previous game. How do you dictate yourselves and also kind of find that line? Um, I think we just got to keep our composure um, and and <clears throat> leave it all between leave it all between the whistles and get back to the huddle. That's it. And just what's the, the, the mindset for, for you and trying to maximize you know this moment and having as much impact as you can on the game um, and you know, taking that opportunity now? Um, this is, this is, it's all eyes on us. Uh, we got the, we got, it's, a, it's only a couple games on Saturday. It's, uh, we got the late show. Um, of course, everybody will be watching. It's a, it's a big opportunity. The Patriots wide receiver, Nelson Aguilar. Hey, Nelson, hope all is well with you. Um, a lot's been said this year about how Mac throws a, a catchable ball. And I was, Curious in your view what that what that means, and is there you know a difference in how you know Mac throws and where he puts the ball as compared to maybe somebody else? I think he just has a good job of anticipating, and um, his delivery his delivery is good. You know, you, you can track the ball leaving his hands well. You know, when he's throwing your different routes, you you see it you see it at the release point and you follow it well. And I have a lot of respect for that, and I and I appreciate it. When you're developing a relationship with a quarterback, um, how important is that that aspect of knowing where the ball is going to be and having kind of a, con- a continuous ability to uh, to know where the, uh, the where the ball is going to be and how the velocity and so forth? 
Well, I think the first part of that question is about placement. And I think uh, that has a lot to do with accuracy uh, in terms of where the ball is going to be. And, you know, you, you play fast, you know, when you, in that case. You get to play fast. You know, the ball is in a, a good targeted area for you to get catch and runs or for you to also catch contested balls. So I think that that's a, that's a really good positive. A key figure for the Patriots this year has been Kendrick Bourne. I talked with him about when things started clicking. At what point did things click for you this year? I remember talking to you earlier this year, and you're like, it's, it's been a process to try to get integrated in here and to learn everything and to have this foundational year. Was there a particular point this season where you felt like, okay, this is this is where I want to be. This is, It's clicking here. I, I like this. Um, I honestly don't know when it really started clicking. It just... Like I said, just getting better each and every day, trying to learn from my mistakes. Uh, I think that was the biggest thing. You know, Josh coaches me really hard, and, you know, yeah, they have expectations from me. And I think that's what it is. You know, the more I messed up, the better I get. Like, nobody gets better from being the best. You know, you go through your trials, your your situations to get better, to learn what you're not so strong at. And I think uh, that's the biggest thing for me. I was learning from my mistakes, really thinking about them, looking at them, dissecting them and then figuring it out and coming out the next day and doing it right and then trying to keep that rhythm uh, is how I just improved so quick, I think, and uh, just the mindset I have, man. To be like that, you know, I could easily, like, man, nah, I'm not paying attention to that. I'm, I'm arrived, I'm here, but I have the mindset where I want to get better and grow. So uh, that's helped me just stay on that track of, of potential growth. Great, appreciate it. Patriots, Bills, Buffalo, eight degrees. It's going to be a lot of fun. Here on Saturday night, I am Chris Ryan. This is the Press Pass. Welcome back here on the Press Pass. I am Chris Ryan. Tonight's show presented by Douglas Leonard and Garvey. And we've had the honor of talking with some of the, the great players of all time during this time period in which sports has stopped. And we've really enjoyed looking back, uh, particularly at the, the Celtics teams of uh, the early part of the championship uh, dynasty with um, Sam Jones. And uh, we're going to be joining the program right now. By the Houdini, the hardwood, one of the greatest basketball players of all time. He won the NBA championship six times with the Celtics' most valuable player in 1957. And he was an all-star from 1951 to 1963. And to a large degree, invented the way the point guard position was played. And uh, he joins us right now on the program. The Houdini of the hardwood, Bob Cousy. Mr. Cousy, how are you? I was better before you called me the Houdini of the Hardwood. I guess. <laughs> uh, uh, despite being 91, I guess we're going to make it through this broadcast, hopefully. Uh, and yeah, I was uh, I was always a show-off, so uh, uh, the Houdini business, uh, I guess I was fortunate in being able to uh, do things uh, in the 50s and 60s that uh, that that were ahead of my time, but nowadays every 12-year-old if every, in every schoolyard of the world is doing it with probably much more panache than I was in those days, but I was the only one doing it, so I was getting all the attention. Yeah, so kind of take us through how you created um, that mantra, if, if you'll. I mean, you didn't create it, it was given to you, but your style of play was so different than those around you. And most of it was basically for effectiveness as much as much or more so than show, correct? Oh, absolutely. My personality as a person, a player, a coach has always been very conservative. 
in those days, believe it or not, uh, most coaches wouldn't allow you to take a hook shot. That was revolutionary. So uh, throwing the ball behind your back or some of the stuff I was doing was unheard of. I was lucky, well, I was lucky for a number of reasons. One, I I was given the God-given skills to be able to do that. Secondly, I played for a couple of coaches in college, Buster Sheely and and, and Arnold in the pros, who who allowed me to do it and who were... who were revolutionary themselves in, in, in terms of, of uh, uh, liking the up-tempo game. Now, most coaches in those days were walk the ball up the floor, coach, you know. Uh, call a play and execute it, blah, blah, blah. There was very little freelance very and structure to everything. So uh, if I'd played for one of those guys, you and I wouldn't be talking now, Chris, because would have never heard of me. My skills were definitely focused on the up-tempo game, and uh, uh, I. But but with that said, any time I had the opportunity to execute something uh, in an orthodox manner, as opposed to you know unorthodox or the Houdini business, I would do it the orthodox way. But when the occasion arose for this, in other words, it, it was, uh, what's the cliche about uh, the mother of invention? Uh, you do what is, re- what, what is required to successfully execute the play, and fortunately, as I say, I had the God-given skills to, to, to have options to that, if necessary, but 90% of my game was pretty conservative. So I, I got a bum rap. I was glad I did because it sold tickets, and obviously it it helped my career, I guess. But uh, it was, uh, uh, as the media is tempted to do uh, from time to time, uh, it, it uh, they kind of overreacted to it, you know. So... Did you truly, you know, invent, you know, a lot of these particular play? I mean, the behind the back pass, the look away, the um, yeah, the stutter was, dribble. You did you see anybody else do it before no, that? No, no, okay. no, no. It was uh, the first time. When was it? Uh, about my sophomore year or junior year in college, we were playing. We had pretty successful teams in college. We'd sell out the Boston Garden. Pretty regularly. And With the uh, Holy Cross, I, of course. Yeah, uh, Loyola of Chicago or someone. Anyway, uh, we're down to the last 10 seconds and with one down or something. And Buster Sheely called a timeout and said, basically, Coos, do your thing for 10 seconds, get a good shot. And I, I started down the floor. This big football player was guarding me. And, then and now, you know, you you play people to their weaknesses, and I he had been overplaying me to my life. Everybody prefers either to go right or left, depending on you know whether they're righty or lefty. I'd been going to my right uh, too often, and he's he's there. He is uh, uh, lined up a half a man to my right, so I couldn't go that way. I instinctively never had done it before. Instinctively slapped it behind my back. It surprised the hell out of me, and it surprised him even more, because as I took my first big step with my left foot, 
it gave me a half a man advantage on him, and I exploded in 10 seconds worth and took a left-hand hook, of all things, and it went in as the buzzer went off. And the media after the game was all over my ca- How How long have you been practicing that? And the reality was it was the first time I'd ever done it. Uh, so to me, it was it was pretty simple to execute, frankly, and it came naturally, uh, uh, even though it looked so difficult and no one else was doing it. Uh, I don't know. Albach claimed I was a freak and in terms of my build, my long arms, my big hands, etc., which allowed me to do these things that at that point no one else was doing. But Chris watched the game today. I mean... You know these guys. Uh, these guys uh, do so many more spectacular things in midair, and half the time now they're seven feet when they do. Yeah. You know, it's not only the the gods that are doing this, but uh, the big people have uh, have made gigantic uh, athletic strides. One of the uh, the great things about this time period for me is allowed me to go back on YouTube and watch you know the Celtics of the fifties and sixties and watch some of those black and white games and watching you it's it's like watching a individual who has been taken back in time from the modern game and put into you know the nineteen fifties uh, and sixties where you are playing the modern game back then well as you referenced everybody else is doing some a much more conservative style of of basketball and then you know there well, you are I, pl- playing with speed and say, tempo i would say I, I will give myself credit for having uh a new an unusual imagination for the game and i i'd like to think unique creativity i'll take credit for that uh i i did see the game and the floor uh a little differently and that's why when I when I have a, a couple of beef eaters and start boasting about the old days, <laughs> I'll talk talk about uh, uh, that basketball. In my judgment, is an art form. Yeah. And if it if it is, if you agree with that, it resides pretty much in the position of point guard and in a transitional type of game where every time you're painting a panorama every time down the floor because it changes every time because you as the point guard, no matter what your imagination, you're never going to do the same thing because you don't know what you're going to do heading down. Your movements and your creativity is predicated on what the defenders do as you charge at them down the floor each time. So, as I say, you're painting this beautiful portrait each time, uh, the audience doesn't know what's going to happen in front of their eyes. Hopefully you do this wonderful thing and magic for them, you and whoever else you know, you're working with, and, and it creates a successful conclusion and 18,000 people go wild. This is unique uh, in sports to some degree, you know, and as I say, it's a a constantly changing pattern uh 
And, and a lot of it has to do with those two things, what the defenders pretty much uh, tell you to do and your own uh, creativity uh, mixed in there that hopefully creates the masterpiece that, uh, that you're look, looking to create. So, uh, yeah, transition in basketball, as I say, is where the uh, – well, it really becomes beautiful. Ten big athletic bodies moving down floor at, at a pretty fast pace these days. Uh, the athleticism that's required, the uh, as I say, the, uh, the creativity, and then hopefully the successful conclusion is uh, uh, that's where it is for me in sports at least. 